Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we're going to be speaking with Norbert Orr today, who's the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus Research Partners. Um, Their website is strategusrp.com, in case you want to get a hold of Norbert. Uh, He's going to be talking about the 18 purchasing managers indices that he follows, and some of the U.S. and regional ones as well. Norbert, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you again. Always, always good to have our senior international correspondent on the line with us, and I know Lou is pouring over your report, and and uh, as I did as well, Lou and I were looking at a trend, Norbert, and maybe you can discuss it, uh, of the PMI as put out by the ISM since January of 2018 that seemed to be, in general, moving closer to 50 from the 60s, and that looks like the trend line. That's correct, and uh, that's pretty much to be expected, I think, at this point in uh, in the business cycle. Uh, when we look at uh, a diffusion index, and, and what we're talking about uh, when we talk about these indexes, anything over 50 would be growing, anything under 50 would be contracting, but it's basically a diffusion index, and, and you achieve that index by asking a question, for instance, uh, are new orders better, same, or worse? So there's three possible answers that can come from that. And uh, when we look at the diffusion index and the way it works, uh, it's natural that it goes up and strengthens as the economy is growing rapidly, and then uh, as that becomes difficult to sustain, the index tends to move back toward the mean. So where we are right now in manufacturing at 52.1, that's down from 52.8. Uh, when we measure month-over-month month improvement or decline, it's hard to sustain that number. So the closer it comes to 50, the more likely it is to get a bounce uh, I would not be surprised to see the index go below 50 for one or two months between now and the end of the year, just simply because manufacturing has kind of gone full cycle. Uh, when you have, uh, you know, multiple months, and this in this particular case probably 30, 40 months continuously of improvement, uh, the the incremental improvement gets more difficult to achieve. So if I've explained that uh, uh, in a way that uh, that everybody can relate to it, I hope at least uh, that's the case. So the the higher, the, the longer the index stays positive, the harder it is to achieve, achieve uh, uh, more strength in the index. It tends to weaken. And then uh, I always say if you look back at uh, 2017 and 2018, the ISM index averaged uh, in the 57 range in both of those years. So it becomes very difficult to um, 
to achieve that same thing in uh, 2019 doesn't mean we're going to necessarily have a bad year, but it's just very difficult to achieve year-over-year improvement when you've uh, when things have been as good as they have. Uh, Norbert, uh, the only one thing that is different uh, this year, last year, that could be contributing to uh, the, the the and I don't want to overstate it, but the slide of the ISM number. Uh, and that is that we have uh, an administration who has implemented policies and um, uh, things that are, I know for a fact in regards to my uh, business, uh, All Metals and Forge Group, that it's uh, having an effect on people who are withholding, uh, placing their uh, projects or uh, orders for raw material. And like I said, I don't like getting into politics too much uh, on the show. Uh, But unfortunately, I believe that this is a factor, and uh, I just want to hear what your your thought is. I mean, cycles are cycles, but this cycle has a new new wrinkle. Uh, Of course, there's always some extraneous factor that that has an influence, and um, these days more often it's politics. uh, more than anything else, uh, the, the stark reality is uh, there has not been a lot of uh, commentary in the ISM reports each month about uh, the uh, tariffs and trade causing problems until this month, and it showed up very strongly this month. So it says we're getting to the end of the tolerance that people are willing to have Uh I think most uh, or many people feel like uh, it's a positive to uh, to be able to level the playing field with the Chinese. And if we don't do it now, we'll, we'll uh, miss a grand opportunity because we've got the right president with the right uh, mindset when it comes to dealing with the Chinese. Uh, in the past, we've not really had uh, had the benefit of that. So I, I agree with you, Lou. I think it is an impact now. Uh, I think uh, the fact that we've got a, a deal with Mexico uh, and uh, Trump laid the groundwork in the U.K. for a, a deal as soon as uh, they get, but, th- but that's, uh, that's going to take a while to do that. So, uh, again, manufacturing is running its business cycle is it influenced by tariffs and trade? Yes, it is. Is it destroyed by that? No, it's not. And so yeah, that's I think, good to hear. I think that's the the, the critical issue is uh, it's it's not uh, it's not as destructive. Now, as months go on, if we continue to do that, uh, you know, I have serious doubts whether we uh, whether we necessarily get a deal with the Chinese. Uh, if if we get one, it's going to have to be a good one, I think, uh, with a, a lot of bells and whistles that we want. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, they're not a very compatible trading partner. Uh, when we look at uh, the history, when we look at the products, when we look at, uh, uh, the, the, at the other alternatives, because uh, wages in China have gone up. Therefore, uh, 
some of the other countries in Asia, Vietnam, Myanmar, uh, uh, obviously the the Taiwanese, the Japanese, the South Koreans, they all are better positioned to take business away from the Chinese today than they've ever been. And so uh, China's caught in a real squeeze. If they don't take the deal, uh, you know, even if they do take the deal, we're not going to trust them. Uh, it's going to be constantly uh, fighting because it's 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 who they are, and and it's who we are. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, <coughs> capitalism has proven itself. Uh, their way of trying to do a communist version of capitalism uh, has its challenges associated with it. So I, I'm comfortable. The other thing is. Uh, I think we have to take a look at uh, 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 at non-manufacturing and what's going on there uh, because uh, it's really kicking uh, kicking up very strongly. Uh, we see, you know, that index is at 56.9, which is at very strong, which mid- means. We've got manufacturing, which is very advanced in its business cycle, and non-manufacturing, which is probably midway through its business cycle. So uh, we've got the benefit of uh, the strength of non-manufacturing carrying uh, uh, carrying the U.S. economy. And I, uh, I think that's why the consumer looks so good in America. Uh, we're taking it uh, – we're – the consumer is very comfortable with what's going on. They're spending money. It's staying out there. Uh, small businesses continue to do well. Uh, they may not see the growth that they've seen the last couple of years, uh, but nonetheless, that, that it is growing. Uh, small business confidence came out uh, with an index of 105. That's the highest since October of last year. So there's some real strengths that, that are taking place uh, is, is my point. Well, okay, that's uh, that's uh, encouraging. Um, before we flip to some of the actual content of your report, I would just like to say that uh, next week uh, I am going to be uh, interviewing a, uh, a Chinese uh, uh, resident and a, 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 an individual from an investment firm in China, uh, and we will be able to get a uh, a Chinese view of what's going on in China. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Um, I don't think I've heard any of those kinds of conversations uh, on any of the mainstream media here in the U.S., so this is going to be a a first for us. So um, uh, we'll let you know when that is, and you might want to either tune in or follow up after the show when it goes uh, goes live. So uh, I'm excited about that. So Let's hear about your report. Let's take, let's rip it apart. Okay. Uh, each month uh, we look at 18 surveys, as Tim mentioned, and we we track those over time as what they're doing directionally. And uh, there there's no doubt that in the current uh, scenario uh, there's some weakness globally. Uh, when we look at uh, things like uh, the eurozone. Uh, and what's happening there, uh, the uh, PMI for the Eurozone is 47.7. Now, that's on, that's down two-tenths, 
it's still uh it's declining uh and weakening but it's uh it's still not that ba- that bad okay if, now the question is when are they going to come off the bottom that they're on and one of the problems is germany is always the leader for them and germany now has experienced its fifth month uh below 50 and it's the weakest of all of the indexes uh in uh, uh in the eurozone and so it's got to pick up significantly germany has uh issues with regard to political issues they've got trade issues uh they've got um uh immigration issues uh there's a lot of things that are dragging on the economy for them uh norbert yes I'm just curious if Germany's manufacturing sector is kind of leading the decline, uh, not that it's causing it, but as happens here in the U.S., if manufacturing goes down, the rest of the economy tends to follow suit, even though non-manufacturing is 80% of the economy. Is Germany's manufacturing sector considerably down? Uh, It is and that's where the biggest problem is, Tim. Uh, if you look at the last five months, uh, the German index has averaged 46. And so th- that's that's a, a deep decline. Now, there's some others in that group. Let's say uh, Ireland in the last five months has averaged uh, 52.7. So Ireland looks pretty good. The Netherlands looks pretty good. Uh Austria is about break-even. Italy is on the decline. Uh, Greece, of all places, has popped up right. and uh, is probably the strongest uh, for the five months. It's at 54.6. So uh, uh, Greece's manufacturing sector is very, very small, but at least it's doing well based on uh, the index that we see for that. Uh, so... The eurozone is is struggling. Uh, if we see, uh, you know, the estimates I'm seeing say that they may hit uh, half a percentage point of growth in GDP if they hit if they indeed do grow for the year. Uh, so uh, they they've got a lot of issues that uh, uh, that they need to work through. Uh, and remember, the services sector in those countries. Manufacturing is bigger and services is uh, much is is less than what we experience in the U.S. Manufacturing is about 12% of GDP, whereas non-manufacturing is right at 50%, so four times larger. And the European economies, we would find that uh, uh, the uh, manufacturing sector is closer to 20%. And the services sector is is much lower than the 50% that we see in in manufacturing. Uh, so uh, uh, any correction it, it takes a recovery and for sure in manufacturing for them. Whereas we have services sector right now supporting uh, manufacturing through this section uh, of the uh, business cycle. So let's let's look at uh, the UK. Obviously, Brexit is catching up to them as tariffs are catching up to us. It looks like their manufacturing sector is down because of Brexit. Uh, that's true. 
they've had a 33-month expansion, and that ended this month. So uh, they weathered the post-Brexit uh, timeline uh, uh, very nicely. And now, the, uh, again, I, I think they're getting tired of the political process. And uh, you've got the prime minister resign. Uh, you've got uh, 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 not a clear-cut leader in the uh, political process uh, that can get all of this straightened out. Uh, but I think they're, they're in too deep uh, to try to get away from it now. Uh, the, uh, uh, they're going to have to run, the, uh, run through the cycle. I think they will recover. I think, uh, again, What's made this work for the U.K. uh, better than anybody else is simply that they maintained their currency, Uh, and uh, that's that's worked much better uh, for them, and uh, we have to find out what the value of that currency is. Once we do that, then I think uh, they'll uh, they'll be on the right road. The other thing is there's been a lot of concern that uh, the U.K. would no longer be the financial center of Europe. And, uh, again, because they have their own currency, I I think uh, that's going to solve itself. They will continue to be, even though there's a lot of people who think Brussels should become that. Uh, Brussels is a total bureaucracy, uh, and uh, I think we can start to think of the U.K. as a – uh, uh, a startup effort uh, and, and entrepreneur, <laughs> an entrepreneurship uh, that, that's going to come from that. Um, you know, I'm looking at China and I'm getting kind of mixed reviews, Norbert. Um, and I agree with you, by the way, that China may not do a deal. China may just hold out. They held out on a on a border dispute with Russia for 117 years, and then Russia capitulated. I don't see that China has to do a deal with the United States. There's the rest of the world to trade in. So are are their PMI numbers accurate, or is it fuzzy math? Uh, Well, I I think there's a lot of questions around uh, the PMI numbers. Uh, as you know, I helped the Chinese put the uh, China Federation of Logistics and Purchasing Survey together. Uh, the other one is the Kaishin Survey. Frankly, of the two, I like the Kaishin Survey better, which is not the one that I helped them with. It's the one that uh, Market does. And I, I think it's legitimate. Uh, uh, if you follow both of them, there's not a lot of difference. Uh, but the Market Survey has uh shows more variability which uh, i have a problem with the um the the uh, china cflp survey uh it's almost a flat line sitting right above 50 for the last four years uh Uh you know if it was a uh, medical show on tv you would say the patient died uh it's such a flat line (laughs) Uh, but uh, it, it could be they have a huge response, and it could be uh, that uh, they're they're not uh, they just don't see the change. Uh, I also think that there's a chance that in China, uh, if you're asked is business uh, better, same or worse, 
that uh, the, per, the only right answer is better or same. You don't want to tell anybody things are worse. Uh, <laughs> they they don't receive that information very well. Uh, I I think in reality, though, Tim, I love the question because I think we have to look at South Korea, Taiwan, Singapore, uh, all the ASEA countries, which is Vietnam, Myanmar, et cetera, eight eight of those. Uh, They're all uh, in decline, and I think the reason they're in decline is because they're major trading partners for China. And so I think uh, that's a better indicator that it is having an impact on China. Uh, whether or not they're willing to do something about it, uh, you know, the, the civil unrest that they've got going on in Hong Kong right now doesn't help them at all. Uh, it, uh, uh, they're, they're trying to improve their image globally, and uh, the harder they try to improve, the uh, more difficult it is for them to uh, uh, to do anything. So uh, I, th- I think if you look at Taiwan, for instance, uh, they're not as strong as uh, as China, China's survey, uh, but I think it's more indicative of what business would be like in the region at 48.2. Uh, so they're showing some variability. Uh, and they'll show some recovery because they've gone through about four or five months of uh, uh, of decline uh, in, in recent months. So uh, we'll look for that to be an improvement going forward. Uh, Norbert, uh, one of our uh, one of my concerns is uh, with our two largest trading partners, uh, Mexico and Canada. Uh, Canada, uh, even more so, because uh, what. What goes on here is usually what goes on in Canada, and that doesn't seem to be uh, the case at the, at the moment. Can you give us some uh, Canadian insight? Well, uh, Canada is always, uh, you can look at what the PMI is here, and Canada is always going to be a couple points lower, uh, not quite as str- strong as uh, as we get. I, I think a reason for that is a lot of the trade back and forth with Canada is highly dependent on the auto industry and and, and what happens there. Uh, right. You know, I, I think uh, that we really have to look at, uh, and again, my, my my expertise is in looking at the surveys and interpreting the surveys, uh, but so much of what goes along with it is uh, also understanding the relationships that, uh, that we have. Uh, you know, uh, Canada's got two months under 50 after 37 months of growth, so uh, that, that's pretty strong. I think we'll see that reverse uh, it, because I think we'll see the um, the U.S. PMI pick up and, uh, during the second half of the year, and we'll see Canada pick up and go back ab- above 50 for doing that. You know, the, the, the big question I hear politically is um, – is it fair to use our trading relationships uh, as a uh, means of uh, negotiating or leveraging uh, our uh, trading relationships with our political relationships and, and what what happens? Uh, and uh, I, I think, you know, in love and war, all things are all on the table. 
and uh, you have to uh, you have to use the the uh, leverage that you have uh, because uh, they're going to use it on you when the time comes, and you have to expect that that's going to be the case. Um, so I think um, this will only strengthen our relationships with uh, uh, with Canada and. And particularly Mexico. Mexico, Mexico had the idea that uh, they they could just ride along and uh, not not have to pay for gas at any point uh, on this trip that we're on. Uh, and I think now they understand that they have to be a, a, a an instrumental part of it because if not, they they can't be a, a good partner. Uh, so we have to be partners in all of these things, not just in the trade relationship. Well, China has been using their particular power for years against us with not just trade issues, but political issues all intertwined. So um, Trump is just uh, doing fair play here by (laughs) that with uh, Mexico and the the immigration crisis that we have on the southern border. So we'll see how that all pans out. The other thing I would comment on, uh, Tim, uh, is – you know, back in the 80s, uh, we saw the Japanese uh, emerge, uh, and they right. they did a great job of it because uh, they came to the U.S. and I can remember going to McCormick Place in Chicago uh, for a machine tool show, and the Japanese were there with their little cameras, uh, taking pictures of everything from every angle they could get. Um, but when they went home, they didn't copy the machine. They copied the concept, and they miniaturized it, and they made machinery that was much more efficient. You had companies like um, uh, Yamazaki and uh, Mazak, and they transformed the machine tools business. Uh, The Chinese simply are copiers. They're, They're not originalists, in my opinion, when it comes to figuring out what's the next level. Uh, of technology, and I know we hear often that they've got a, a gazillion uh, engineers, graduate engineers, uh, but if um, if those engineers are simply executing math problems, uh, that's not what's going to carry them in global trade. They need creativity, and I'm not sure their system will breed that much more creativity than we might see. So, therefore, we should then not allow Japanese into the country with cameras. <laughs> and that's going to be kind of hard with the iPhone the way it is, and everybody yeah. everybody has a camera all the time. So, uh, But uh, uh, I would say we ought to at least beware of strangers with cameras. <laughs> well, it's interesting. My, just yesterday I was telling one of my daughters, when, in 1985, I went out to buy a car. And, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the U.S. car companies would say, oh, you want it with a steering wheel? Well, that's extra. Oh, the, the, all, you want all four tires? Well, that's extra. You want it with a radio? Oh, well, that's extra. So I went into a Toyota dealership, and I spotted the Supra on the floor, and I said, look, I want to buy the Supra. This is what I'm willing to pay. I want Every option available on the car, just load it up, everything. I don't want to hear this, that. The the guy interrupted me and he said, would you like it with or without a sunroof? Everything else is standard. 
<laughs> and that's how the Chinese crushed American car dealerships because they made all of those bells and whistles part of the car that you were buying. So, yes, they're real innovators. So it'll be interesting to see how China fares in innovation. But looking forward in the U.S. for the balance of the year, Norbert, because I know you've got to run off to a, a Braves game. I envy you. It's a beautiful day down here in Atlanta. What does it look like going through the end of the year? Uh, you expect a couple of months under 50, uh, hopefully a couple of months ah, over 60. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the chances of a couple of months under 50 are probably better uh, than they are <laughs> for over 50. Uh, again, we're coming off of two super years, and uh, uh, we're averaging like 54.3 right now. Uh, the uh, uh, two previous two years were in the 57.5 range, and so you can't you can't repeat that. But that doesn't mean, uh, again, uh, all it means is we're, we're reverting to the mean. It means that uh, the rate of growth is slowing because we've experienced such a strong rate of growth. Uh, I mean, we had six months above 60 last year. Uh, that's just unsustainable and probably not healthy to, uh, to stay there too long because uh, – if you know you're you're limited by your uh, the the height of the the index, and you're limited by the bottom of the index, uh, and so we really need to see uh, a, a reversal of the cycle a little bit to where we get back to stronger growth. But you ha- in order to do that, you have to first go through a period of uh, of correction. So your your theory, uh, the, I'm not your theory, but the theory that when a presidential election uh, comes about that the economy is uh, very good, uh, are you uh, supporting that idea that next year, that, that in 2020, that things will uh, continue to improve and so on? Or are we still hamstrung by a uh, uh, an unusual political environment uh, I, I you know it's always the exogenous factors that, that hurt uh, and you know if if you could tell me what was going to happen with Iran if you, if you could tell me what's going to happen with North Korea if uh, we knew how the Brits were going to come through brexit all of those things uh, if they all point upward and positive then the answer is absolutely without a doubt yes uh, if some of those uh, actually get weaker or, or more problematic, uh, then uh, you know obviously the answer is not uh, not uh, not as positive. Uh, if you look at the trend that we're on, though, it says we can continue to grow. Uh, there's uh, enough momentum, I think, with the consumer, with small business, with non-manufacturing. Uh, those are the three areas that I would watch, uh, and I will be watching, is what's going to be uh, uh, taking place with the consumer, what's going to take place with small businesses, are they going to continue to thrive, and what's going to happen to non-manufacturing. In the meantime, manufacturing will kind of go through the corrective stage, uh, 
and hopefully be in a position to support the overall economy better as non-manufacturing starts to slow down a little bit. Uh, Norbert, just one last question before we uh, let you go. We wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want you to miss uh, the beginning of the game. Uh, according to uh, your uh, your your chart, uh, it looks like uh, the ISM Chicago report is the highest and most uh, uh, most uh, reasonably expanding. Uh, of any other uh, report that you've got. <clears throat> What's happening in Chicago? Uh, I, I'm I'm not certain as to what's happening there, Lou. I'm not even sure they're certain as to what's happening uh, <laughs> to do that. Uh, the Chicago index combines 65% manufacturing and 35% non-manufacturing. So That's when it stays up like that, you know, is it? Uh, and they don't give out the details. Um, uh, when it stays up like that, I don't know that whether that's a, a manufacturing renaissance or whether it's just at the uh, non-manufacturing sector. Uh, in many ways, Chicago has become probably more important in non-manufacturing than it is in manufacturing. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to compare, if I wanted to know how uh, manufacturing was in the Midwest, I would look at Milwaukee as a much better example because uh, they they have a tremendous number of durable goods manufacturers uh, and uh, a lot of subcontractors to them uh i you know Kansas City would also be better than Chicago if uh, again looking at manufacturing okay we'll take that to our marketing department and tell them to take a look at that <laughs> there you go well, Norbert, uh, enjoy the game. Hopefully your seats are uh, 20 rows up to a little to the right of home plate, and, uh, and the Braves win. Uh, who could ask for anything more? <laughs> a higher ISM. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you, for Norbert. Thanks us, Norbert. See you next speaking month. With, we've been speaking with Norbert Orr, who is the Director of Industry Surveys at Strategus Research Partners, and I guess, Lou, everything we're hearing is consistent at this point that uh, even the National Association of Manufacturers, Chad Moutre, put out a global economic trends report today that shows our economy cooling. It looks like that's what's happening. That's what what it seems to be all about. Uh, So we'll just have to do something unusual and spectacular at All Metals and Forge Group. And... uh, Get some new customers in Milwaukee and Kansas and a couple in Chicago, and we'll be home there free. You <laughs> there you go. And we want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can find all of our episodes at mfgtalkradio.com, and you can also find links to other sites that we have as well for women in manufacturing and additional shows that we have. So join us early and join us often. Again, thanks for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.